Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, you can tell that I'm not recording from my home office today. We're actually at the CI100 <laughs> Awards event here in Southern California, beautiful Southern California. And uh, I am with good friend, amazing CIO. He's got one speed, it's fast. He's got one <laughs> mode, it's high energy. So Tim, good to be with you as always. Great to see you again, Dan. Tim Dixon, CIO of Generac. Uh, Tim, we are here to celebrate you and your colleagues who are award-winning CIOs. Awesome, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it, so do they. And you've got a team here. I've bunch, seen a bunch of your people. Yeah, we're fortunate enough to win a CIO 100 award for an awesome invention called Power Insights. We'll talk about it a little bit throughout the course of this, uh, this conversation, but it was something that my team and I grew out of our first hackathon at Generac wow. uh, two years ago. And so it was an awesome show of collaboration. It was an, an excellent sort of um, demonstration of upskilling, and it was a, um, a game changer for IT to show our business partners and customers that IT can do more than just IT. Yeah, we're gonna unpack how you <laughs> how you got there. And uh, I've seen some of your folks in the hallway and they are pumped. Um, they're energized about what's going on back at yeah. home and, yeah. and to be here, so I'm yeah. glad you brought them. And you know, Tim, we're in Southern California, you gotta stay hydrated, so <laughs> Tech Whispers Yeti mug from, from the team. So I can put anything think, in here? Any, well, I'm not gonna tell you what's in there now. So <laughs> Thank you, Dan, appreciate nah, it. No, it's good, it's good. Um, you know, let's let's start there. So, Generac CO100 Award—it's a big deal, and yeah, we are huge. recognizing the most innovative companies in North America. Mm -hmm. So, unpack that story yeah. about what you guys built. So, one, just uh, you know, stroll down memory lane. Uh, Ten years ago, I was here at the CIO100 Award and uh, won an award for um, another project when I was at Dell. And it's kind of deja vu all over again. Mm. And I learned an awesome lesson from my boss at that point, Andy Karaboudis, who's here today. Uh, when we won the award, she told me to take my whole team, you know, buy a whole table, you know, experience the whole thing, celebrate with your team. You don't get many opportunities in life to do something like that with your team, yeah. especially with all of this external focus. And so 10 years later, uh, we won this again this time at Generac, and I was absolutely bringing my team to this thing. There was no doubt about it. And uh, not only was it uh, some folks uh, on my team, but also some contractors that worked on the project as well. So mm -hmm. they're part of the team. Uh, they helped build this wonderful invention and it's being demoed right now up at the, uh, the digital poster as we speak. Really cool, Yeah, really cool. Well, you're also um, a two-time winner of the Orby Award, the CR <laughs> of the Year Orby Award. <laughs> Capital, DC, and Wisconsin. Well, when you co-found the organization, that's how, that's how it helps to... You know what? I know the organization, and they would not give you any credit for that in the judges. But, you know, um, I was there both times. I nominated you both times. Yeah, thank you uh, so much. And um, I remember you introduced me to your wife, and you brought her up, and you said, this is the guy responsible for creating this monster. Do you remember that? I do remember that, yes. <laughs> She, uh, she doesn't give me as much credit as you do, uh, Dan. She kind of keeps me real grounded, but, uh, but that's okay. You know, it's, um, it's our chief humility officer, <laughs> right? Our spouses. But honestly, she, uh, my wife's a stay-at-home mom and has been that way since we've had kids. And that has allowed me to you know, work for as many companies as I have, move around as much as I have, and travel as much as I have. And you know the role of the CIO. You need to network. Uh, this is a network type of job, whether you're networking with uh, new vendors that you're evaluating, new vendor partners, or whether you're networking you know, at a community service event, whether it's a happy hour or a dinner in town, all of that helps you build the brand of the CIO and all of that helps you improve the brand of your company. And thankfully, 
she's allowed me to do as much of that as I do, which I absolutely love. Yeah, great team, great family. <laughs> Daughters are awesome. Um, you know, one of the fun uh, Tim Dixon stories, uh, we were having, uh, it was pre-Orby in Wisconsin a few weeks ago. We went to Carnivore, probably the best steakhouse <laughs> I've ever been in, in Milwaukee, nice Wisconsin. Plug. Like, seriously. Nice plug. And what we found out that night was, there's a Tim Dixon knife, <laughs> for real, at this place. <laughs> Well, if you go to Carnivore, which is my favorite restaurant in town as well, uh, Omar Sheikh, good friend of mine, owns the place. And if you go there enough, as I do, you get a steak knife in your name. Yeah. And what I have found is not only, obviously, do I use that steak knife every time I go there, but now all my team members, when they go there, ask for the knife and get pictures with it and send it to me. That's too good. That's too good. <laughs> so. We're getting a little insight into the personality of uh, the big personality of Tim Dixon, wherever he goes, from stakes to uh, to awards. But so, so Tim, I did a lot of prep for this, as you know I always do, and I came up with uh, Tim, the CEO, in four different ways. Now, in respect to your CEO, your boss, boss I'm yep. not gonna go with that one, but I'm okay. gonna come up with four CEO <laughs> roles for you, and the first one, kind of get into your your leadership style. First one is chief enablement officer. Mm -hmm. And if I recall, that was kind of the ask of the company of your CEO when you came to Generac. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, so, um, geez, I can't believe it was three years ago, now three plus years ago, I was interviewing for this role. And, and for all of you who are out there potentially you know, looking for the next gig, I have to tell you, it all comes down to fit. Mm. Is what you are good at, is what you love to do, is what your personality and profile is that a fit with what that company, you know, that future boss or leader of yours wants from you in that organization? And after interviewing, you know, with Generac over the course of a, a couple months or so, it just became ever more evident that that was the role I wanted based on what the company was going through at the time, huge growth trajectory. And given that growth, Generac had not had a seasoned tech leader right. in the company. And knowing that the board supports bringing innovation and emerging technologies into Generac is just a perfect fit with my background and skill set. And then I would say that, uh, you know, being from Wisconsin and being from the Midwest originally mm -hmm. really helps. Uh, Generac is a 64-year-old you know, manufacturing company that's been around for a long time, born and raised in the state of Wisconsin. Being from there, knowing the Midwest culture, knowing what is you know, accepting versus sort of not accepting right? Uh, in terms of how you can bring in some of this new emerging tech and new ways of working was really, you know, sort of part of the, uh, the vernacular and part of the, uh, the paradigm of, uh, of my approach uh, when I joined. So it's just been a great fit. Mm. But for any of you guys looking for a new role out there, please take that into consideration. It's almost as much as you interviewing the company as it is they are interviewing you. Yeah, it's a big leap for both of you. Yeah. And you got to know the culture. You got to know where you're around, and you don't uh, make fun of cheese curds, <laughs> right? We have a little inside, little inside story yeah. there, going back to our I, recent dinner. And I, I would say, though, uh, also if you're looking for your next move, uh, what I realized is I had to, I, I had to know who I was. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm a firm believer of personality tests. I give those to myself. I give those to my team. I've taken them all. Uh, I can just guess what you are, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> we won't but, talk about that now. This, this is about you, Tim. <laughs> But you have to know your strengths and weaknesses and what your personality profile is when you're going through the interview process because you have to know how you would approach those. They throw situations at you. Mm -hmm. They throw problems at you. They throw you know, maybe strategic 
possibilities and options at you, and you have to know how that personality will respond to that thing at that particular time. Right. And I just, I just knew as the interview process went on and I met more and more people that I was the right fit to that job. I knew that based on my personality. I knew that based on my interest. And so what I could explain to them was that I could bring all of me Mm -hmm. to this role. Right. And they were getting more than just a CIO. And eventually that's what came through in the process and it's been a great fit ever since. Good story. Yeah. <laughs> so the second CEO I see you as the chief elevation officer. Mm -hmm. Right. So what you do in terms of elevating IT, what you do to change the narrative. Talk talk about that. How do you approach that? So just um, you know, 30 years in the IT industry in, in some way, shape or form, you know, I've just been on the uh, a mission uh, for all this time to change the brand perception of IT in the minds of our business partners and customers. IT has had a bad rap <laughs> for a number of years. Sure. And with digital transformation, you know, AI and all these new emerging technologies, the door is wide open for a tech leader, mm -hmm. a person who knows tech and a person who knows how to lead to position IT as a transformation leader and a transformation agent for their companies because they're as good as any to st sort of step up and show up what we could potentially do. Yeah. And although they may not know all of the ins and outs of the financials and the, you know, the customer aspects and all of the business aspects, we're growing in that regard. What they can do is they, if they know enough, they can leverage the tech and help explain how tech can move that business forward, um, enter new markets, create new products and services, and the business is wanting that type of leader to help them with these with these potential new solutions. And so new tech and emerging tech has opened the door wide open for IT to step up and show up like we never have before. And I've taken advantage of that here at Generac. Yeah, kind of a good good uh, to build on that. Chief Enrichment Officer. And, <laughs> and you know another E. <laughs> you don't just hit the switch and people are gonna just show up different. So yes. you're you really I mean you, you care about people, but you invest in them, mm -hmm. you mentor them, you pour into them, you give them opportunities to get exposure. Yeah, so I'm just a firm believer. I was you know, coached and mentored and upskilled throughout my career. I was, I've had the, the luxury of having many mentors and, and have given, you know, have gotten many sort of components of, of advice. And I, I want to give that back to my team. It's, um, as a CIO of a Fortune 500 company, I know my role. I mean, I know who I am, but I also know that I have the ability to change the career drift of anyone in my organization on any given day. Yeah. And so you only get that luxury if you are approachable and if you get to know every team member personally and professionally. Yeah. And so thankfully I have a team, you know, 100 plus people where I can do that. We're in the office mostly every day. We're together the whole time. I'm involved in their projects. I'm not telling them what to do, but I'm certainly understanding, you know, their perspective. I'm approachable so they can come to me with questions and answers. There's no, you know, there's no layers and hierarchy and things of that nature. And so when you have that sort of relationship with your team and you have these new tech areas, these new business problems, these new strategies that pop up, you can sort of float out there what's needed for someone to sort of take on that role. And if you know that there's someone in your organization who has the interest, mm -hmm. you know, has the passion, they might not have the full you know, tech capability, but you, that's coachable. Right. You can send them to classes, you can get them training, you can bring vendor, vendor partners in and sort of build that piece, but you want the passion, you want the interest, you want somebody who's going to willing to take on more for the company. And that's the type of individual I look for. And thankfully, I found uh, a number of those crown jewels in, uh, in the organization that I inherited at Generac three years ago. I think there 
achieving more that they than they ever realized they could, <laughs> right? At this point, and I saw someone in the hallway, and they're like, "Tim has breathed new life into this organization," and which kind of gives us the fourth CEO role, the Chief Energy Officer. Yes. Whether it's your family, your team, your community, you uh, people can already see you bring a level of energy that's like, how do you do that consistently, day in day out? Especially those days when you don't feel it. I feel it every day. I'm mean, I'm a people person, so I, I get my energy off of people. Like a remote ro role would not work well for me, uh, and I know that about myself. But where the energy comes from goes back to my passion of doing something. I call it company first, industry first. Like, what is that drive to do something really cool in the company that's never been done before, like Power Insights? Mm. And then what if that had some sort of industry recognition or first time done ever in the history of the industry? That double whammy of company first, industry first? I mean, 10x, 20x, 30x of what you thought could potentially even be possible yeah. with that person, with that team, or with that project. So I look for those types of things that are really game changers. Mm -hmm. We think we have another one. We'll submit it again for, for next year. So I'll All save right. that. I'll save that secret. But that is something that you know people had never been done, people had never done before in the organization. So there was a yearning for that. There was some sort of upskilling or skill set or learning that was required for them to go do it. Once you powered them, you can make the impossible possible. And if you combine that company and industry first, that just makes it uh, ever more rewarding from that perspective. So I'd like to say that the brand perception of Generac IT has certainly changed as a result. And as a result of the IT brand perception changing, the brand of the company, I believe, has been has become more uh, tech and innovation uh, known and aware as a result as well. So it does have impacts on the business value. Let's talk about that. I mean, you talk about the company now as more of an energy tech play. Mm -hmm. It is. You know, how is that transformation happening? And What's that look like for the future? Sure. So Generac, I tell a story all the time, is kind of the tale of two companies. On one hand, it's a 64-year-old you know, engine manufacturing company of backup generators. We have two cash cow products that have fueled the company for the past 60 plus years. Those cash cow products are market-leading products and backup generation for the home and for the business. Those have allowed us to acquire 13 companies over the last three years that aren't anything like our original core business. Wow. These are energy tech companies in the solar space, in the solar storage space, we're into hydrogen now, we're into batteries, we're selling to utilities. These things were not in Generac's sort of core business ecosystem you know, even three years ago. And so when you talk about the tech that's needed to not only advance those acquisitions, but also have them progress as potentially, you know, those cash cows that we have in our core business. Mm. And some of these um, uh, acquisitions are sort of digital from the get-go. Some of these customer sets that we now sell to are used to operating in a digital way. And what an awesome opportunity, once again, full circle of the person that's needed to help drive that, not only that transformation from a manufacturing company to an energy tech company, but also sort of uh, walking the walk and talking the talk in terms of portraying that in the industry as well. Because you can say you're moving to an energy tech technology company, right. but if you're not actually executing on that and showing that the brand is also transforming and you're sort of living true to the purpose. Yeah. And so that, that transformation, once again, anytime there's a transformation going on within a company, those are huge opportunities for folks in IT and tech to step up and show up because advancement in tech can move the business forward if you just understand and can show how that can happen.
and it's happening. What was the revenue when you started and what's where you at now? Yeah, so um, Generac has more than doubled in revenue and size since I've been there in the last three years. It was a $2.2 billion company in 2020, and uh, last year it was 4.6. And so it's more than doubled uh, in revenue and size. And along with that, uh, quite honestly, uh, reporting to the CEO, the investment in IT has also scaled. Right. And so as Generac grows as a company, becomes a bigger company, there's obviously more things that you need to automate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's more things that you need to support your, your people and your employees and, and things of that nature. So I'm just proud of the fact that as the company has scaled, so has the IT investment. Awesome. You know, one of the fun things we do on the show is I go and find uh, people from your circle, your inner circles, <laughs> who know you well. Uh-oh. <laughs> who can ask that mystery question. And so I've got a couple of them. Oh boy. So Do I, uh, do I get to guess who they are? You're gonna have to guess. <laughs> and I don't think you'll have a hard time guessing. Uh, pretty special people, but listen to this. Let's listen to the first one. And uh, when we come back, tell us who this is and have fun with the question. Okay. Tim, when I think about your approach to technology, I think about your support for all the things that wrap around it, not just the software. So your community, education, STEM, K through 12, uh, public-private partnership, et cetera. Talk to me about how important it is to support the community around the technology, not just the technology itself. So that would be Neil Sample, uh, my dear friend. Um, So Neil and I really have only gotten to know each other since I've moved to Milwaukee. So three, you know, less than three years. And uh, we formed a great bond, he and I. Uh, and I think we're you know, similar in some regards, but I think we're also way different in a, in a lot of regards. Neil brings a long history um, of CIO, uh, his background, and stellar companies that he's worked for. This mm-hmm. is my first CIO gig, right. my first official uh, CIO gig. And so what Neil brings is how it's been done there, been there and done that at other companies and other industries and other cities. I bring that too, but I also bring that from a uh, perspective where I want to bring all those things that I've learned and bring it to Generac and bring it to Milwaukee. Yeah. So I have this awesome story when I was interviewing for the role in Milwaukee. I flew to Milwaukee and got off the plane and I saw these two signs at the gate uh, at the Milwaukee General Mitchell Airport, Airport when I got off the plane. On the left-hand side, there was a sign of Milwaukee, Midwest's coolest, most underrated city. So how do you think about that? getting off the plane, you're going to a most underrated city. Right. But on the right-hand side, it was a sign of Generac and our business is power. And we were absolutely booming at that time and I was interviewing for the, uh, for the CIO role, first CIO in the history of the company. And I'm coming back home to the state where I grew up. And I just thought if I could put those two things, to, it was a message from God, mm. it really was. Right. If I could come back to the state I love, the state that's been so good to me growing up, give back to Generac and leading their transformation to this energy technology, while at the same time make Milwaukee in the community more than just a underrated city. That was just a perfect fit for me and what I've, what I've wanted to do my whole life. And, and that is my mission, that is my passion, is taking the work that I do at Generac and combining that with the community aspect and giving back to the community as I give back to Generac. And I'll give you one example here. So. I'm hosting a conference in, uh, in Milwaukee in October. And the title of the conference, I'm hosting it myself with my team. Okay. So we're hosting this on behalf of the greater Milwaukee area. It's called the Emerging Tech Show and Tell. Mm. And what that is doing is getting all the tech companies that we know in town who are doing anything interesting and cool with emerging tech, 
yeah. bring it to this conference, show everyone in the community what you're doing so we can rise up the profile of the city as a whole. Wow. And so unless you're collaborating with folks, you're not really learning. Yeah. And you can be doing things individually which are awesome for your own company, but if you're not sharing and giving back to the community in that regard, the profile of the city and the area does not grow as a whole. So that is the intention of that conference and that's gonna be awesome. That's a force multiplier, yeah, right? You bring absolutely. people together like that. Uh, thank you, Neil. You know, Neil, good friend. Uh, <laughs> when we rebranded to Tech Whispers uh, a couple of years ago because your jobs are getting so much broader, um, Neil was the first uh, guest yeah. on the show because he's I bet just- I he was a riot. He is awesome. <laughs> he is just- a, He's a funny guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a funny guy. I will say one, of, one other thing I've learned from Neil, and, and uh, I don't know if you knew, but um, when we formed Wisconsin CIO, there was just a few of us uh, in those early days, we gave Neil the uh, Lifetime uh, Leadership and Achievement Award. And we could have given it to anybody. Yeah. We couldn't have given it to anyone, but when I saw moving into Milwaukee, Neil was there before I got there what he had done at Northwest Mutual, as I got to know him, what he'd done at his previous companies, like he stood out yeah. as the shining star. Like that, it was, there were other options, but he was obviously far and away the, uh, the top choice. And so that was also sort of my way of connecting with him mm -hmm. by, give, by having a role in giving that award to him and recognizing him for oh, the work that he's done in the past and the work that obviously he was doing in Milwaukee at the time I arrived. I love it. Let's listen in. We have a second uh, uh, mystery question for you. So let's listen okay. in and uh, tell, us, tell us who this is. Okay. Tim, in the 15 or so years that I've known you, you've always been a tremendous builder of community. You're such a winner of hearts and minds, a, a sort of a Pied Piper. And you are always looking for ways to help others be the best versions of themselves. Are these intentional priorities for you? Or is it just who you are? That would be Angela Yoakum. And I've known Angela for quite some time, going back to my, my Dell days. And I'll tell this one story of, of Angela. She might, not, uh, she might not know this, but uh, having worked with her and been in many meetings with her, uh, there was one meeting in particular I saw her shine. And um, uh, what I witnessed in that sort of... Um, that microcosm, that one experience, is that the perspective that someone can bring to the table from an IT point of view when not asked to do so. Mm. No one was asking her for her opinion. No one was asking IT to kind of bring the special point of view. No one was really even counting on IT to even attend the meeting. But it was a very strategic meeting uh, at Dell in regards to our data strategy. And Angela and I went to that meeting and she stepped up and she showed up. She showed everything that she knew and had learned in her previous experience, and she brought it all. And you could tell that she was passionate about that topic. She kind of, you know, got up on a pedestal a little bit. And oh my God, I look around the room and saw the people's facial expressions when someone from IT contributed, potentially led to a different business strategy than what was the current course and path. Amazing. So I saw that firsthand, and so I, I still remember that to this day. I'm not sure if, if she would, but I certainly do. It has an impact on my career because you never know when that moment is going to pop up. Right. You ne whether it's on a conference call, you know, a video call, a workshop, you know, meeting at work, there are opportunistic times where there's confusion and there's unclarity. Those are the times for IT to step up with a point of view. ChatGPT was an example of that just you know, a few months ago when that came out is how we were going to leverage that. And so that's one story. The other story that I love telling about Angela, so I moved to Milwaukee 
And um, uh, Generac is now the platinum sponsor of Summerfest and Summerfest Tech, the tech conference right. uh, in the year. And obviously it was still COVID, so we had a half-day virtual and half-day in-person um, uh, uh, conference. And my, um, sort of what I was bringing to my first Summerfest Tech conference is what I had learned working around all these cities around the country and knew who I had met in my network that had done that before in their city. Right. So I brought Angela Yoakum from Charlotte. I brought Alvina Antar from San Francisco. I brought Justin Menon, a good friend of yours uh, from Charlotte. And I'm sorry, from, um, uh, from Pennsylvania. And all three of those folks helped me tell Milwaukee how they went on their tech uh, destination trajectory. The lessons learned, the best practices, how they transformed Charlotte to a tech hub, how they transformed San Francisco and the Bay Area to tech hub, how Justin transformed you know, the Philly, Philadelphia area as a tech hub. And for me to bring my network as a new guy in town, mm. not really much, you know, didn't really know, know too many people at that particular time, and have people listen to me because now my network sure. has gone through it and uh, having a network of credible you know, CIOs in the community that have done stuff before that, that's just awesome, sort of improved and accelerated my profile in town and my awareness of, because of who I knew. And so for me, I can't thank her and the others enough for doing that for me as a friend, as someone who's, you know, Angela has coached and mentored over the years, but to give back to Milwaukee in that way, of which they had no affiliation with sure. whatsoever, but because they were with you. colleagues yeah. and networks with me, they, had, they allowed me to sort of, you know, bestow that wisdom, if you will, of how other cities have done it before. And as a result, Milwaukee has learned from that and has developed our own strategy in terms of becoming a tech destination. See the art of the possible, Absolutely. right? See it through their eyes. And uh, Angela's an amazing person. Uh, I've gotten to know her really well the year. It's just really <laughs> special. And I bet she's had a lot of those meetings in the room where she's, mm -hmm. she's the one that stepped up mm -hmm. and really... And really yeah, I follow her. I mean, she, uh, she obviously is, uh, is out there quite a bit. Uh, and although, you know, we're not in the similar industries, that's another example that you can learn from your network is you don't have to be in the same industry to learn Absolutely. what they've done. I, uh, I read when she went to Novant Health and she created the, uh, her innovation hub. Yeah. I basically, I hate to say this, sometimes it's better to be lucky than, than good as a CIO. You can copy those playbooks. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How did she do it? What did she learn? How did she approach the board? How did she present this to her boss? How did she fund this? I mean, that, those were things that I did at Generac as a result of what I learned from her. Well, thank you, Angela. And you, know, you, thank you, you mentioned, Angela. Yeah, you mentioned a couple of <laughs> times uh, uh, the Dell experience. You met you, you met Angela there, Andy. Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize what a leadership machine yeah. Dell is. Dell IT in particular. Yeah, it was a special place. I was there eleven years. Uh, worked for two CIOs. Um, worked for uh, Andy Karabudis, Adriana Karabudis, uh, my coach and mentor over the years, uh, for five years. And at that particular time, think about this as a company. Think back at now, and you're like, oh my God, all that happened in that one time frame. So Dell was a you know, 30-year-old at the time, direct-to-consumer company. Right. When I was there, we went to the channel and went B2B and bar. Wow, what a shift transformation-wise. We don't have any tools, we don't have any tech, we don't have any people, we don't have any thing to go in this space. You know, just hit a switch and, and, and <laughs> right. Michael decided one day to wake up and now we're in the channel. And he actually won channel CEO of the year, our first year. Hmm. And so the award that we, the CIO 100 award that we won 10 years ago was as a result of the tools that my team built. It was called the Channel Partner Portal. That was our face to now our new channel partners that we had never had Big deal. before. And we grew that business. That was a global 
global deployment for us. It was awesome innovation, allowed me to travel around the world. So that was, that was one transformation that happened. Another transformation that happened is we went from not being a serial acquirer to acquiring 20 companies in, uh, in two years. Wow. So once again, no vernacular, no playbook, no leader of how to do M&A. Mm -hmm. And as a person who was you know, tapped on the shoulder by the CIO to go figure that thing out for IT, how are we going to show up? How are we going to do due diligence? How are we going to integrate these companies? And the thing that Andy and Angela and I did, which was, which was awesome, it still sort of lives today, is that we uh, created the Dell on Dell concept. So if we go out and buy a company, how do we show that that tech can be used inside the four walls of Dell? And then how do we go share that with our customers who might potentially be interested in buying or using that solution? And so mm. diligence, integration, showcasing, and then Dell on Dell external facing, that paradigm most companies don't get a chance right. to do. Right. <laughs> and then the last uh, aspect of, uh, of Dell, which was awesome, was the, the, the globalization, um, setting up um, you know, centers of excellence for various different uh, development teams all around the globe. Andy and I have traveled to India, we traveled to Malaysia. I, I had a team in Malaysia, I had a team in the UK and Europe, and allowing the company's growth and expansion to sort of force your individual career advancement. If Dell wasn't growing back in those days, I might not have had international travel sort of in my in my background and in my experience, but the cultures that you learn, the, you know, the team building, the bonding, the different way of looking at problems, the tech, obviously, the relationships. I'm just so thankful of that because all of those things impacted you know, who I am today and have had a pro profound you know, influence over, um, over my personal journey. Part of that learning, learning curve. And uh, Andy's getting inducted into the CIO Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. At this event, yeah, so pretty special moment. Big deal. I know you're <laughs> glad to be here to support her. I'll be in the front row. Yeah, cheering her on. I will hear you. A thousand people are going to hear you. Um, who's she, the she, other? She deserves it, though. I mean, where she has been over the years, and if you don't know Andy, uh, she grew up in the auto industry. Holy right. cow! Right, an executive, a female executive in the auto industry. You have to be a tough lady. Yeah, to have have done that. She joined uh, Dell at a time where we had bought um, Perot Systems. Mm -hmm. And we were, she was tasked with outsourcing IT to a third party of a company we just acquired. Wow. Holy cow, who does that? Right, <laughs> right. And then, you know, a year or two later when the, the financials of the company changed, she was then charged with bringing that outsourced IT back in house. Like you talk about all the things that, you, these are all learning experiences, right? These are all things that you learn in your career. Having seen that reporting to her, having seen her sort of navigate those tough, those are tough, tough yeah. challenges in addition to just doing your day job right? and building a team. Like seeing her and kind of learning under her, um, learning how she approached things uh, and, and, and challenges and how she sort of led her team to sort of uh, you know, step up and take on some of those on her behalf and the trust that she had in her team members to do that. We all grew as a result. So this, in my opinion, is why you see all of us disciples of Andy, you know, Justin and Alvina and myself and obviously a number of others become CIOs because she trusted us with things that the company was going through that, that you know, were, were challenging, things that she couldn't take on entirely herself. Mm -hmm. She needed us, we needed her, she entrusted us we led those initiatives, we grew as a result, and now we're thankful for her, for those experiences. Great stories. You know, along that journey, um, 
you always give me the business. I've got my seven C's, but you've got the Tim, the Tim <laughs> C's, right? So uh, I have three C's. Part of your leadership philosophy. Yeah, I uh, I do a lot of leadership coaching and mentoring, and I have a ton of lessons learned. Uh, but the three C's are the things that resonate. Like they're so exact and succinct. Like when you hear these, you'll say, like kids. I tell this to folks in, in the universities and young kids coming out of school and you know young professionals and things of that nature, and they really get it. It's very simple. The three C's. Be curious. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're doing, ask questions, do research, go deep. How is that customer experiencing that website? How is this person you know, installing that generator? Just be curious and go down you know, two or three levels deep and become a little bit more of an expert in that thing, in that business, in that problem that you're helping to solve. Be creative. Bring yourself to solving that problem. Whatever it is that you do best, once again, your personality, your strengths, what makes you you, bring that to that situation because if you're able to solve that problem, create that product, what people will see in that was what Brad Metzer was talking about this morning is what do people think about Tim? What do people think about Dan when he's gone? Right. They're going to remember that thing you did and how you did it because that was unique and special to you. And then at the end of the day, we know how hard it is to do some of this stuff in IT. You have to have courage. You have to have fearlessness. A lot of people can get that ball, that project to the 20 to the 15 yard line, mm. but that last five, 15 yards hard. is really hard. Yeah. And unless you have courage and are fearless and are willing to take shots and are willing to take risk mm. and are passionate about that thing that you're doing, that is what's gonna get it across the finish line in those last yeah. few yards. So. Courage, creativity, and uh, curiosity, curiosity. Is, uh, is what I look for in folks. I love it. I love it. So my three C's plus your seven C's are ten C's. We've got it covered. Which I heard you put in your book, and I was not quoted, so. Well, that's, <laughs> you've always got to remind me of that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, speaking of book, we're at the uh, kind of the end of our time. Andy is about to speak upstairs. Can't wait. Um, along with uh, uh, Jim Swanson, another Hall of Fame mm -hmm. inductee, uh, tomorrow night. Um, but I want to give you the opportunity to gift a seat in our leadership program to one of the nonprofits that you support. Oh, part awesome. Of, part of our Tech for Good. Oh, awesome. Uh, part of our Tech for Thank Good initiatives. So uh, when you think about the different nonprofits STEM related, anybody come to mind that you'd like to gift that seat to? So uh, this is a little personal to me. So I have two daughters uh, and one is about to be a senior in high school. And so we're looking at colleges and a remarkable thing happened recently. Everyone knows who knows me knows I'm into data and AI and all this emerging tech. I got my daughter into a you know, women tech program in Milwaukee this summer, and she learned all about AI. She built an app, uh, it was an app for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. She presented it, she demonstrated it, and now this is something that they're gonna leverage. And as a guy in tech, in the community, as a leader, doing all this stuff, talking about AI at every single conference, for my daughter to even be interested, right. somewhat remotely interested in that, take a nine-week you know, class in person downtown with other you know, folks in the, in the community and build those wonderful things together after learning just AI over the course of nine weeks is just remarkable to me. And so that program uh, is, is the Women in Tech program, the WIT program in southeastern Wisconsin. Um, to me, as, as a sort of personal and professional aspect, uh, giving back to what I saw in my daughter and see the potential in what other 
uh, young ladies yeah. could do in high school. This was a college uh, course, college program that she took. Uh, I love to give that back to them. Outstanding. That's a great. That's a great call. And congrats <laughs> to your daughter for that. Thank she, you. She's on fire now, yeah. right? She's yeah. got now, this. She, now she knows when. Uh, now she knows what I'm talking about when I come home. Right. <laughs> she right. listens to all my podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> and you do a lot. You do a lot. We, I it's do. been a long time coming for us to do yeah, this. Yeah, so thanks so finally much. Congratulations again. We're at the, the C100. We're going to celebrate you I and your wait. team tomorrow. And yeah. um, just just appreciate you and all you bring to the uh, to our community, our profession, and just our friendship. So, Well, thank Tim. you very much, Dan. I really appreciate it. Really all appreciate right. you as a friend and colleague as well. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Until next time, you all stay well. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolette and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.